This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Halls. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. And I'm glad to say there's no uh, The Flood-type film in tonight's lineup. We're going to be kicking <laughs> off with the um, UK sci-fi movie uh, Repeat. Uh, then we've got a Swedish um, horror movie called Knocking. And then it's off to the States for two action films. We've got Every Last One of Them and Apex Predator. Our short shot this week is a film called Sarah, C-E-R-A, and our DTV throwback this week, it's a doozy. Uh, the cast, this is insane. It's called Collection, also known as Reach Me, and we'll definitely be talking about that later. Um, but without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is Repeat. Ryan Moore is a cognitive psychologist who works for a local university. As he and his wife try to come to terms with their daughter's mysterious disappearance, Ryan makes a startling discovery with one of his homemade experiments. He's found a way to contact the dead. Um, I thought this was a superlative film. Um, I, I love the hard sci-fi element to it. You know, the, the, um, the, the, the fact that the guy can't even really explain what it is he's done um, is quite impressive. And, and, you know, just the homespun nature of it. It, it reminded me a bit of, um, uh, what's the time travel film we saw a while back? Oh, the... Um... Um, Shifter? Shifter? Shifter, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, that sort of thing where, where she's sort of cobbled together her, her own time machine. He, you know, this guy's sort of, you know, he's built his own equipment. Um, and, and, you know, it, visually, it, it's quite impressive. Then, then we have this, um, this this sort of detective element, this, this little bit of this sort of mystery sort of thrown in. Um, yeah, I, I just thought this really, really worked. So, Steve, what do you make of it? Uh, yeah, I agree. I thought it was absolutely cracking. To be fair, um, I love the like the homemade nature of the machine. As you know, it's not all slick and kind of it looks kind of cobbled together in a way. Um, yeah. I thought the performances were absolutely fantastic. I mean, the main guy is Tom England. In mm. looking at it, he's not really done anything before. He was in something called Cosmos, and that's it. But I thought he was absolutely stunning, really. Um, even like his wife as well, Charlotte Ritchie. I've yeah. only seen her. I think she's in that. Is she in Ghost, is it called, on BBC? The comedy? Oh, I've, well, I've um, only ever ghosts, seen her. Ghosts, I think. Yeah. With a, with a plural, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've only ever seen her on Taskmaster, so I've not really seen her do any acting as such and I just thought they were, they were both absolutely brilliant but the way the story weaves and you know how it plays out it, it, yeah I thought it was absolutely cracking really really enjoyed this this week yeah uh, Rich what do you make of uh, Repeat yeah I, I thought it was uh, excellent as well the um, you, you've mentioned a couple of films there that, that sort of it relates to I think they're you know we looked at a film in which um, 
you know, a film about a couple dealing with a tragedy um, in, in the previous episode, uh, Law, you know, yeah. where that was like a That's monster right. movie, but it wasn't really about the monster. It was more about the, the situation that they were dealing with and stuff. And it's kind of the same here, although there's much more hard, as you say, the hard sci-fi, uh, which is interesting because it's sci-fi, but it's also supernatural because it's crossing mm. over into the... Yeah, he's saying I don't believe in the afterlife, but I'm talking to people beyond the grave, and you know it's that sort of middle ground sort of, uh, you know, he doesn't quite understand exactly what it is, and obviously that sort of unfolds, mm. uh, you know, unpacks as the story develops. White noise was another one that I thought of, uh, yeah. which had Michael Keaton in, mm. which I didn't like, but um, but that did pop into my head. What's the, what's the one with um, Killian Murphy and um, Robert De Niro? Can you remember uh, that one? Oh God. I don't know. Mm. Uh, you haven't seen that one? It's um no. Oh yeah, it, it's called Red Something. I think. Hang on. Uh, I might not have seen it. Basically, no. um, Robert De Niro plays a. Oh, is it where he's psychic. where he's like psychic? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, I think... blind, he's blind, sort of thing. And, oh. And Cleo Murphy is a guy who's sort of out to sort of you know. Um, Sort of deep red lights. Red lights. That was red it. lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I didn't see it, 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 but I've heard of it. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of that in here as well. Yeah, uh, there was a British, uh, also I think it's Italian, sort of British Italian um, sci-fi film called Time Loop, which was a similar kind of, you know, mm. really low budget, homemade sort of time travel-y sort of thing mm. going on, uh, but it was set in an Italian village and stuff. Uh, yes, the, the low budget, working it really well. You know, this is up there. I'd say, you know, put it, equate it with stuff like Primer. I would say mm. is quite fair, uh, mm. but it's much more accessible. Um, yes. The, uh, there was a short film we watched. I know I keep comparing it to other things, but there was a short mm -hmm. film we watched a while ago called Container. Yeah, that was which really good, was uh, similarly about this guy who was, you know, there was this personal tragedy in the background. He was really driven to, mm. to you know, to use this technology to try and find answers, and they they kept using kind of a flashback structure, and they do that here. You know, it's it's kind of that Christopher Nolan thing where they sort mm. of move move between time periods but without actually pointing it out you know yeah. there's no there's yeah. no um stylistic changes or anything one minute you watch it you just have to be on the ball and say this must be taking place at a different time because we know that they are not in this you know this character is not around at the moment or something so you've kind of got to you've got to really pay attention as, as you're watching it and it's but it's a really easy watch it's not particularly demanding it's very uh you know flows really well um mm. we've got nina wadia is in the cast as well briefly she's she pops in to give a, a little cameo performance mm -hmm. um uh yeah it's not what you expect there's some really there's some great little twists uh like, like there's a couple of them as as the story unfolds yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a very good film absolutely i mean i i enjoyed you know the, the um of, on one side you've got his sort of obsession with what he's doing you know much to the chagrin of his his wife who, who thinks he's meddling with stuff he shouldn't be um and then there's the big question of is you know if he's um able to contact the dead with this this machine is he going to try and contact his daughter who's been missing for uh, god knows how long can't remember is it a year something like that it's, it's about it's, six months, I think. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, there's, there's that sort of big question mark as well. But then there's this sort of like procedural sort of detective element when when he he goes back and he asks questions of um, her classmates and, and finds out information which hadn't come to light earlier. Um, but then that plays out completely 
different to the way you're going to expect as well. Um, I'm not obviously we're not going to give away the twist, but um, yeah, it, it's it just nails it basically. Yeah. You know, it absolutely nails it, and it's 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 horrific when when, when you let it all sink in exactly what what's happened it's 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 brilliantly horrific basically it, it's so well thought out I, I loved it um yeah not much more to say on it because we want people to go and watch it fresh so uh scores mm. on the doors steve uh an eight yeah um, i'm gonna join you on eight and rich yeah definitely an eight it's um only on digital is that right uh, I don't think sure. it's coming out on DVD, as far as I'm aware. I think it's a, right. I think it's, it's exclusively a, a digital release. Okay. Um, in any case, we we totally recommend this. It gets three eights from us. Uh, please support it um, when it comes out. Let's um, repeat. Our next review is knocking. After years in a psychiatric ward following a nervous breakdown, a middle-aged woman called Molly is finally ready to re-enter the world. However, as she starts to settle into a new apartment, Molly starts to hear loud banging noises through the walls and ceiling. Um, this is a, a very slow burn, Rich, uh, this one. It's um, an interesting film. I, I did enjoy it. It's Swedish, so... Um, you know, it has that sort of Nordic noir sort of feel to it a bit, but this is sort of like, um, you know, it, it, it's it's set in the sort of the council houses, you know, council flats kind of area, which which is something you you don't usually see in this sort of film, you know, from from Scandinavia. So so that was a, certainly an interesting aspect to it. Um, what do you make of it? Yeah, it's kind of it is kind of a. Um... It's 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 sort of a horror movie, but it's not. It's 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 hmm. a psychological, you could say thriller, probably more drama. You know, it's kind of a portrait of a of a broken character, for the most part, and you know the the question of her sanity, uh, and it's filmed in very. You know, there's a it's a lot of uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, dramatic pauses mm. and you know silent observance you, you know the the camera is just sort of lingering on her facial expressions and stuff because she's a very she's a very quiet character yeah she's a very uh, you know very unsettled uh, as you say she's she, she has been released from uh from um uh, from an institution and you know the the question is 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 there really a knocking or mm. is it in her head? It's a it's a fairly standard sort of, you know, horror, you know, if this was made in Japan, for example, we'd probably have the knocking, you know, turn out to be, you know, some sort of lank haired, mm. lank haired girl who's, <laughs> who's, you know, in a container or something, uh, and whatever. But the, the, this is not that kind of film. It's not, you know, ghosts and whatever. It's it's more about her sanity being questioned at every turn. You know, even you know, people don't know that she's got a history, but you know that you know she's asking questions, and they're like, uh, "No," and you know, mm. it's just, you know, they're just sort of looking at like, you know, leave us, leave me alone. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and she's having these like various encounters, and then she, just, you know, it's getting more and more manic because she's, you know, she's more and more concerned about what she thinks is happening, and yeah. uh, what what's uh, you know the you know the police not believing her and all that sort of thing it wasn't 
for me really um i think you know it's fine it's uh, nothing against the film itself uh it, you know it's just it, it it is something that you need to be in a particular mood for i think uh, uh, and you know it is a, it's not you know whereas something like repeat is quite a it's quite a breezy watch mm. you know even though it's got some quite heavy subject matter whether that's the life after death or or, or you know the the you know missing child and you know the anxiety and all that the there's a lot of heavy stuff in that and there's heavy stuff in, in this, but this one sort of dwells on it a lot, a lot more. And it's, you just sort of, you, you're sort of sinking. It's not, there's nothing to, yeah. there's, uh, you know what I mean? There's, it's not, it's not an enjoyable film to watch. <laughs> you're, you're right. And, and, and I think part of it as well is the fact that you're following around just this solitary character yeah. who, who doesn't, you know, she hasn't got anyone as a sounding board for, for most of the film. No, she's alone. Um, so, so you know, there's, there's, it's not particularly dialogue heavy. Um, you know, she's quite acerbic. I mean, you do get these scenes, like, like you say, you know, when she's sort of questioning people, but and it must be really difficult for her. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's self-aware of how she, how she comes across. Um, and and it must be difficult. You know, when she, when she sees stuff like like the, the woman being um, accosted. Um, by a boyfriend and then she calls the cops you know it's like well that was probably a really difficult decision to make thinking you know how how involved is she going to get right away with 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 people so uh, and even and even when you get to the ending of the film i think i think that you could take it in different ways you know mm. there's the, the 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 final the final part the final act or the final moments of the mm. film you know, you could take literally to mean one thing, or you could say, you know, is this something that she thinks is happening, or whatever. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm taking it literally. I, I, I think she was proved right in the end, um, and I, I, I like that bit actually. You know, that with the with the uh, dispatcher and everything, um, that that really worked for me. But but at the same time, it proved that you know that was going to happen anyway. You know that discovery was going to be made anyway, regardless of, of what she was doing. You know, she she had no actual involvement in in the denouement of the film. You know, she she was as much um, a victim slash bystander as anyone else would have been. You know, she, she wasn't able to raise um, the situation to anyone. You know, because no one was listening. So. It, it, it's weird. I mean, you know, uh, that that incident would have happened, and that discovery would have been made regardless of of anything she did, which kind of makes it a bit pointless. Mm. But there you go. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it's an interesting setting, as I say. Um, it's it's a side of uh, Sweden we don't usually get to see. Um, so yeah, there's that. It's relatively interesting, but as you say, it's it's not going to, you know, your your focus may wander during it, and you'll be looking up every now and again from your phone. It is um, short as well. Is, it is, yeah, quite seventy-eight great. minutes, including credits. Indeed. Um, I must admit, it wasn't the film I wanted to watch. If you see what I mean, you know, yeah. I, was, I was expecting something a bit more um, from it. But I, I, I did like the way things played out at the end. So, yeah, uh, Rich, scores on the doors. Uh, I'll give this one a six. 
yeah, I think that's fair. It's it's a very well made film, very well acted. Uh, it's just that the script really didn't sort of gel for us. You know, didn't didn't give us enough to to, to really go on. So there you are, two sixes for knocking. Check it out. Our next review is Every Last One of Them. Jake Hunter is a man on a mission to discover what happened to his daughter and who is responsible for her disappearance. And woe betide anyone who has answers. Um, This is an interesting one, Rich. Um, I I made a comment uh, when I was watching it. uh, I tweeted something out saying, you know, the, the, the most striking thing about this so far is the fact that it's using the same sort of olive grove location that um, uh, pay dirt, pay dirt. Yeah, the, the, the Luke Goss film made uh, used for for its climax. This used it sort of earlier on in the film, mm. um, and then I realised afterwards it's the same director. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same guy, um, Sesma. I think his name is Christian uh, Sesma. Yeah, yeah Christian Sesma. So, and, and I must admit, this is this is a much better film than than pay dirt. Um, this works a lot better for me. I have to say, um, it's it's interesting the way it develops you know it starts off with him going into a bar and this stupid little kid i couldn't wait for that stupid little kid to get his ass slapped you know and so so watching him getting his face smashed into the bar was was quite satisfactory for me but then things develop in ways we don't expect um what do you make of this i liked it yeah the the it's a you know it's a proper action movie uh, and mm. i uh, i can't remember what the what's the name of the guy who is the, the lead in this one Sloan, Paul Sloan? Um, yes, Paul yeah, Sloan. Well, well, yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, I'm not really familiar with him, but I thought he was great. I thought he was mm. very engaging as a sort of a grizzled, uh, you know, tough guy who's you know uh, been pushed too far kind of thing. And uh, we, we, it's funny because it's kind of a, a a combination of different things. And mm. there's a couple of the, there's a couple of key points which I'll let you pick. Um, sort of dig into <laughs> before I do but the way it starts out you know it starts out with a barroom brawl which is which is quite cool you know it's like you sort of you know um action movies you know the the grand staple I mean it was making yeah. me think of like debt collector two mm. or debt collectors or payback whatever you want to call it because that starts out in basically almost exactly the sort of same way it starts out with mm-hmm. a with a barroom brawl scene but this one was a bit like um in fire down below the, the right. sort of setup of the town mm. and you know the guy who's in charge and his son who's the sort of you know his wayward son who's sort of causing trouble for him and whatever and it was it reminded me of the relationship that chris christopherson's character has with his son who he's left in charge in the town although his his, his son's quite, actually yeah. not too bad in that movie in this one he's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a really nasty piece of work but this, um, this is a staple of of these sort of action films as well isn't it you know yeah. as you say the wayward son that you know the one who gets too big for his boots who thinks that um just because his daddy's the sort of guy in charge that he gets to throw his weight around as well sort of thing there's a film there's a really good film with um um vinnie jones that i watched earlier this year um it was chris no uh, ron perlman was in that one as well um and that had the same sort of thing you know um this fucking kid sort of acting or acting too hard and get, getting in sort of vinnie jones's face and, and calls uh-huh. him out. Like, yeah <laughs> i don't know what that was called but it was very good and so um the yeah so you re- you mentioned uh the, the setting or, or mm. some of the settings are similar to Pader. I, I like Pader. I thought it was 
good. It was all right. It, it, well, it had, this it, one. it had issues with, you know, with me yeah. personally because, you know, the stupid um, credit, you know, the, the, card, the oh, yeah, cards yeah. and things like yeah. that wound me up. But there you go. But this one's, you know, it's very solid. There's some really good, there's a couple of nice, I mean, it's not a big budget movie, but the, mm. um, there's a couple of nice set pieces. Uh, he also directed, he's directed quite a few things, but mm. in terms of recent stuff, he did Take Back as well, which also had a similar yep. look. They, they all sort of share a sort of uh, a similar, they're probably filmed in similar locations. Mm. Um, and they all seem to get really good casts. He's doing section eight next with, uh, I think, with uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren and Scott Atkins and, and oh, nice. a few other people. So I've got quite high, hope, quite high hopes for that. Yeah, I thought the action was shot well. Locations look good. Uh, Taryn Manning is in there as well from I think she was I've, I've seen her in quite a few I used to see she you know she was a teenager in a lot of stuff or playing teenagers uh, mm. this is probably the first thing I've seen her where she's you know she's playing a, an adult you know, mother character um, who's just as vicious as her husband you know they're sort of like the crime I know they're brother couple. and sister oh well they're brother and sister yeah, sorry brother and sister yeah oh I, mean, I, I got that completely wrong <laughs> <laughs> um, so the so hang on a minute so is where's his wife then not on the scene oh okay so I, that's why i just i just presume i i'm obviously missed some dialogue there mm. between them two but the key one to know uh, and i'll let you take this over is richard dreyfus <laughs> well we've also got michael madsen in the mix for like mm. two two scenes and it, he he sounds like he's had the same tracheotomy that um um val kilmer's had almost his voice is incredibly gravelly in this oh he, he's always gravelly though yeah, <laughs> but, but even worse even worse than usual but anyway uh, but you're well, right, his Richard... flat his scenes actually it's interesting because that's mm. like um you know what i was saying a minute ago Mm. with repeat how the flashbacks are not really signposted you just kind mm. of have to be on the ball they do the same thing with this yeah it's actually a bit harder to follow because you know some of the scenes you're actually oh, is he talk he could he could be talking to him now but then you know oh no he he was actually talking to him yeah months before, ago or yeah, something with his daughter and that yeah mm. but then as you say richard dreyfus turns out and it's, it's it is interesting to see Richard Dreyfus turning up in these sort of films you know we've had him in uh was it the, the last job we've had him in Daughter of the Wolf um and before that he was in oh what was it called now the, the one with Mads Mikkelsen oh Polar Polar that was it so so he he's always decided that you know he's, he's going to take these sort of smaller roles and you know, go for it. And he's muscling in on Bruce Willis territory, basically. And Kelsey Grammer territory. I think yeah. Kelsey Grammer could have easily played this as well. Oh, yeah. But um, so, and, and you know, we, we do get this sort of scene with him early on where, where um, Paul Sloan turns up and sort of says hi and then disappears again. But then he turns up in the middle of this, you know, this shitstorm in this, this town. And he basically turns into Tr Colonel Troutman from Rambo. Mm -hmm. You know, he turns up as this sort of shady CIA guy going, you guys don't know who you're messing with. You need to back off. <laughs> yeah. And it's brilliant. It's, it just made my day having, having them come in and do that. Um, and then, he, you know, it almost turns into John Wick as well, because when, when he finds out why his, you know, his operative is going on this rampage in this town. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you did what? <laughs> Which was absolutely brilliant as well. And that leads to that final scene. This final scene was absolutely superb. You know, out of nowhere. I absolutely loved that. There's a real sort of like um, Godfather moment 
Um, but yeah, absolutely superb. So the, I think it all unfolds quite well, you know, does, with them yeah. sort of revealing the the you know the, the exactly. The so so you know, we, we find out from the you know the shithead son early on that uh, a little bit of what happened. And then the you know the henchman gives us more information, and then finally we, we get the full reveal, you know, for, at the end, uh, um, the full circumstances, which um, yeah, 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 things went down basically. Um, Action-wise, this is very good. This this is a step up as well. The, there's a whole sequence surrounding the is it the sheriff's building, the um, you know, with the fountain and everything. That, yeah, that I think was, so. That was a really good action scene. You know, it was. I thought it was really great, but did it not seem that he was completely surrounded, and yet <laughs> he was always taking fire from directly in front of him? Just one side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like, surely he would be get, taking shots in the side and at the back, mm. or so, but he was always just looking ahead or whatever. So that bugs me a little bit. But um, but it, it was really good. It was really good. It was a good location. Good, you know, good. You know, large amount of um, you know stunt crew and everything to do. Mm. You know, stunt performers and and whatnot, and the firepower was all well handled. You know, it's a, I think it's it was you know, CGI yeah, muzzle flashes and everything, yeah, but it wasn't too trace of fire and stuff going on. on. It was it was absolutely superb. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, that bit where you see the the lines of fire sort of yeah, cutting exactly, across. Yeah, because yeah, from the yeah. sort of you know overhead shot and everything, it, mm. it worked really well. I thought it was you know very very well done. Uh, any more comments before we wrap up on this one? Uh, just to mention, so the uh, so we've said about the, the the first blood sort of element. Mm. But there was another film that sort of linked, sort of sits between the two of these. I just want to mention it was called Straight Shooter, mm. and it was a German film uh, with a similar kind of concept in which uh, a soldier uh, is you know on a sort of a personal mission to mm. take out a whole bunch of people and. Uh, in that case, it's Dennis Hopper who's the Colonel Troutman character, and right. and his and he's kind of he's kind of a stopgap between the two because obviously Colonel Troutman, the, you know, there's he, he's a very uh, respectable you know military colonel, uh, and mm. uh, you know uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character here, he's sort of in the grey zone, isn't he? He's yeah, he's yeah. like he's he's working, you know, he's kind of working both sides, uh, and uh, the, the um, I think if you were gonna if you're gonna do like a a triple bill it would be interesting to sort of uh if you could find it to fit um straight shooter in there i used to have a video cd of it it's, it's quite hard to get you can get it I, I don't think it was ever released over here might turn up on prime one day mm. quite an interesting little film anyway because you know dennis hopper starring in a german film it was a bit strange at the time yeah. um but uh apart from that no uh um I think we were both surprised to see on the end credits uh, Chi Kyung Chung. Yeah, Chi Kyung Chung. Yeah, um, uh, name director. Of, I'm guessing uh, he wrote Red an Kong early. And... I wonder if he like wrote a, an early draft and it was like re retooled and stuff. Possibly, but he, he's down as a co-producer as well, so yeah, you know, he's sort of more involved than yeah, possibly. But um, yeah, Chi Kyung, uh, excuse me, Chi Kyung Chung. Um, you know, he, he directed three really solid sort of low budget action movies here in the UK. Um, so Redcon 1, a Bodyguard, Bodyguard A New Beginning and uh, 12 was the other one. That one had numerous names. But yeah, um, great to see his name pop up um, in here as well. So how are you going to score it, cool. Rich? 
Yeah. Uh, I am going to give this one a seven. I like Paul Sloan. I mean, he, yeah. I've, I've not been, I've, I think he's only really done sort of supporting roles. Yeah. He's quite a few things up few until now. And things like that. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, I think he's definitely got that. I mean, message man was kind of another one that came to mind as we were mm. watching it. You know, so I think, I think it will be, I'd be interested. I think this has got, this is an action movie through and through. It's really well worth seeing. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. Absolutely. And um, yeah, certainly uh, Christian Sesma seems to be firing on all cylinders. And uh, yeah, he's a name to be looking out for. Mm. So two sevens, I didn't say seven, but I'm doing it, giving it a seven. Two sevens for every last one of them. Go check it out. Our next review is Apex Predator. In the near future, convicted criminals can volunteer to be prey for rich hunters. If they survive, they will be richly rewarded, but if they don't, they die, duh. Top hunter Rainsford is getting bored though, so Apex, who run the hunting expeditions, convince a convict called Malone to take part, as Malone has a tendency to continually cheat death. Um, okay, this could have been an excellent version of the most dangerous game it could have been but then they went and hired bruce willis <laughs> um and you know fair play bruce is more involved than he usually is but at any point he's sitting though, in the woods with his slippers <laughs> yeah at any at any point did you think here is a guy who needs to use his wits and experience to evade these well-tooled-up hunters. Well, yeah, none, of the them, no. <laughs> none of them are using any stealth whatsoever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck me. He looked like he was walking around the edges of his garden. You know, mm -hmm. Was no, that was that was uh, that was out of death. <laughs> That's when he was walking around his garden. He was doing this. Exactly this one's same, slightly yeah. better than that. It, it, well, yeah, because of what's oh. going on around him. But he, you know, for, there's even a bit in the f film where he's strolling along, the music changes to like, you know, I, uh, well, God. I mean, I right. Right. Um, it, it, it's dog shit. <laughs> Absolute dog shit. I mean, right. Not just the Bruce Willis bit. All of it is fucking terrible. But there's scenes in this film where you know it's not Bruce Willis. Oh yeah. There's there's one shot from the back of his on the back of his head. That's like, like, that's not his head. And then near the end where it's supposedly going on a bit of a rampage, you don't even see him. All you see is from the neck down. And that lasts for like a 10 minute segment. He's doing a cigar, isn't he? Yeah, that's a that's a cigar yeah. trick. <laughs> you know, and and then even the end of it. The green screen is so bad. You know oh, that, he's not even in the same classic. room. <laughs> that's some classic terrible green screen at the end. And it, yeah, he's not. you know he's not even in the same room as the guy he's supposedly speaking to. Yeah. It, oh, it's absolute shite, a lot of it. It's nearly as bad as what was the one where... Oh, was it Hunter... Not Hunter Killer. No, that was good. I enjoyed that. Um... No, the, the one where he's like, his daughter's been kidnapped and... They go in to get her out of that. Oh, hard kill. Mill. 
Oh, oh, that was that was that was dog yeah. shit. That was that, that was all shot in like a warehouse, wasn't it? Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. So this I is mean, like a really it's like a really naff version of surviving the game. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. the funny thing is that that Bruce Willis has made a film with virtually that title mm. called Survive the Game. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I find quite amusing. But the the surviving the game was Hopefully, we'll cover it in the future because it was DTB. It was awesome. Yeah, I watched it as uh, part of June exploitation this year. And it's mm. got. Yeah. And the funny thing is, it, this film's got Lachlan Monroe, who I've always thought had a bit of a Gary Busey thing about him. Mm. And and yeah. Surviving the Game had Gary Busey. The I'm just going to backtrack because um, uh, you know there's a couple there's a there's quite a few things more to sort of say about it. But I just want to go back to the beginning uh, when they introduce Bruce Willis's character. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure they gave a really long speech where they were going, oh, you won't be able to get out of him. He hasn't spoken to anyone in seven years or yep, something. And that. then the yep. very next scene, he's as chatty as anything. <laughs> he's like, he's there's no sort of hesitation in trying to talk to this hologram woman that appears before him. He's like, yeah, yeah we'll do it. And then someone tells him that he's got grandkids or whatever, and that gives him motivation. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, right, then I'll do it. <laughs> That's like with with about showed, as much conviction actually, as he yeah. can muster. He actually yeah. showed about as much emotion as, as Seagull in that scene. You've got grandkids. Oh, okay, you've got grandkids. Oh, yeah. oh well, I'll, I'll, I've got... I'll, <laughs> that, that gives me a reason to live. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What was amusing, uh, I suppose it was some sort of in-joke, is they, they do the... Um, the how badass is he scene? Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, obviously, they, they, you know, they put his face up and they go, "I think, I think he got the wrong guy because it looks like someone's yeah. granddad something." And then she gives this huge spiel about all the stuff he's done, and it is eerily close to John McClane. You know, it's it's like obviously that's what they were basically trying to allude to is that yeah, this guy is basically John McClane. You know, he sort of like jumped out of a building, sort of drove a, a car through a helicopter and all this sort of stuff, you know, yeah. all this stuff that he's done over his, over his career, which, which is basically, it's all the stuff from the Die Hard movies. That's interesting because I didn't pick up on that. I wasn't paying that much attention. All oh, right, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> worth going back and have a look at you know. That, I was that, too that, distracted by the fact that they were calling him the mutilator and going on about like he's like this terrible war, you know, terrible, you know, awful yeah, evil it human out he being. One person, yeah. you know, he, he, and that was it. He, he was a cop for ages, and then he sort of went out of his way and I don't know, kill, killed somebody. Which um, it, it doesn't add up, does it? It doesn't no. make any, it doesn't make any sense. But there you go. No. None of it does. None of it does. So here is a film without a protagonist. So because kind of Bruce Willis isn't in it enough for you to say that he's the main character or the hero because he's well, not really painted as much of a hero. His character does something quite interesting though. Um, in that he puts the uh, he puts the seed of the idea in their heads that they could kill each other. You know, the mm. hunters, he sort of says, is it against the rules for the hunters to kill each, you know, kill other hunters? And all of, all of a sudden you see Neil McDonough's face go, ooh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but... So I think that was, you know, that was a deliberate thing, him sort of turning them against each other and, and you know, to, to eat up the um, screen time. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, that's... it's all about the conflict between mm. them, isn't it? Mm. That's the only thing that he does. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he don't do anything else. He just says that yeah. one line. How about this bit? Thing, 
yeah, they're all how, up each other's bits and shit, and it's just like, oh. Uh, how, how about this? But he's he, when he when he's having his little stroll around his garden, he starts eating the berries, and and the hologram yeah. turns up. The hologram turns up and goes, "Oh, I wouldn't do that if I were you." They're, they're packed full of like hallucinogens. You've got to go on a sort of serious trip if you keep eating them. So he's, he's, he keeps eating them, and then nothing happens because you know either the budget <laughs> wasn't there or or Bruce just turned around and goes. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know? yeah. But they had to leave the scene in. It's just like it just goes nowhere. What whatever happened to the trip? Bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got no so we've got Neil McDonough as yeah. you know, he gets the top billing. And, but and he's, he is but the he, best thing in it. He yeah, he's the villain. Uh, he's he he is kind of he, I know it's funny we keep sort of mentioning Kelsey Grammer. Now Kelsey Grammer could be in the Bruce Willis role, but I think Kelsey Grammer would really fit the Neil McDonough role because yeah. they actually look a bit similar and they mm. kind of play the same kind of mm character um but re again you know we're it's like well bruce who are we rooting you know who are we supposed to be on the side of it's like all the characters are unlikable mm, yeah you know it's it's a bunch of nasty pieces of work and bruce willis's character who we're not 100 percent sure on and we you know because because he's not there very much and we, mm. we're not really invested in him in any sense so that there's no anchor and a film without a, pro a main protagonist to follow is, is really a, uh, it, it, you know, oh, doesn't yeah. really work generally. Yeah. I mean, Universal Soldier Regeneration accepted uh, that, that that is one of the problems with that film. But, you know, overall, the film is just great anyway. But mm. this one is, you know, and they, they try to, they try to jazz because it's all low budget and it, it's, all, it's mm. all, you know, it's the set on an island hunting, you know, mm. hunt the human kind of thing. And they try to jazz it up with sci-fi but they haven't got any money. So they've got this like teleportation thing, which is like three uh, strip lights mm. stuck into the ground yeah, <laughs> uh, and, a, and some hologram stuff and some like red, like heavy red lighting in some scenes, whatever. And it's just... Um, See, uh, the, you know, the sci-fi trappings, I, I thought they, they worked well enough for, for this sort of thing. That, I, I, that didn't bother me at all. It's just everything else. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the silly, I mean, she's like the girl, hologram girl or whatever turns mm. up and she's like, I'm the game master or something. Mm. Blah, 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 blah. So, 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 I thought that was horrible. I didn't I didn't like it. So the film, actually, uh, it reminded me a bit of like, imagine surviving the game mm. remade by the team who did Money Plane. <laughs> <laughs> so no, like, where they've got no back. money whatsoever. Nothing's really <laughs> convincing. And, you know, it's... Because that, do you remember about that? That was spending a lot of time with these unlikable gamblers oh, yeah. Yeah. and taking yeah. them to different places. Uh, uh, we were spent doing that and uh, following yeah. them around, and the, the concept just didn't really work. Um, and the same here, you know, it's just. I mean, but it's, it's a money. Plane. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. It's all shot during the day. You yeah. know, where's mm. where's the nighttime hunting kind of scenes? Where's you oh. know, where's oh, where's the drama? Where's that. the tenseness? Yeah. Where's well, the suspense? Just chill out. And that, that was but, what was funny as well. You know, the fact that they spent half the time back at the lodge. It's yeah. like, yeah. But also, also as well, when near the, again near the end, Bruce Willis walks out of the woods, it's daylight, shoots a guy who's got a fucking flamethrower. Mm. The guy in the flamethrower's in the dark at night. Bruce <laughs> Willis is in the day. It's just... <laughs> Oh, that's, that's clum clumsy, isn't it? It's clumsy shit. Yeah. Oh, did it's... you know I, we we watched Savage, oh. didn't we, last week? Yeah. 
Yes. And, you know, there's that bit, you know, the, the guys are like, oh, we need reinforcements. And they kind of do the same in this movie, don't they? They're like, right, yeah. let's call it. So you get all this cutaway of all these yeah. scenes of people doing other things, getting suddenly text messages or whatever, going, oh, I've got to go off to an island and kill this guy. Because yeah. <laughs> they need some uh, more uh, body count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very silly. Um, it's yeah, rubbish, basically. It, it, it's, yeah, I mean... I haven't seen Cosmic Sin or any, you know, some of the others. No, sort of but... sci- I mean, I saw, uh, or we saw, uh, what was it? Breach. Breach. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, I didn't, I, yeah, which I didn't mind. I thought yeah. Breach was a lot better than this. Yeah. Yeah, his oh, character, well. yeah, he, had, he actually had a proper character in that one, you know. Well, he's actually in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, there was, and there were sets and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was production design. Yeah, this this was filmed in his backyard, wasn't it? That had the same guy actually as in this one, Corey Large. He yeah. was in Breach. He's also in this as one of the one of the hunter yeah. characters. Because uh, the same director, I think, actually, isn't it? Edward Drake. Did yeah. he do Breach? Yeah, he did. Yeah. 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 Oh, and anyway, Cosmic Sin. Yeah, he did. He directed that as well. Oh, well, it was certainly interesting seeing that now. Then, yeah. Um, it's it's funny because he also wrote. Do you remember the, the horror film Broil we did? Yeah, so that was did, actually he, good. So he I did, like that. He was the writer and director of that as well, which is completely different to, to these films. Very different proposition. Well, Very different well, kind of movie. It was. It was overly ambitious. And, and you know, the, the, longer, the longer it went on, the less sense it made. Mm. But it, it, it did have some really good moments in it. So. And it had aesthetics, you know. It's, yeah, it's exactly, like this, yeah. this, this, this just doesn't... It's, um, no. Yeah, it was it was called Apex originally, and they've they've tacked on Predator for the UK. That's a typical UK move, isn't it? Yeah, Mm. you can you can tell this sort of you know who who the marketing think are buying these films. You know, it is it's it's bread and circuses sort of thing, and it you know dumb it down to the lowest denominator. They've got another Bruce Willis one coming, you know, American Siege. Right. Yeah, funny yeah. because he was in Siege or the Siege. He was, yeah, the Siege. You know, so <laughs> with that unforgettable bus explosion. Yeah, but but that one didn't seem to need American shoved on it. So oh, there's another one, Gasoline Alley. <laughs> That's like he's really, they really you know. The thing is, it's the Edward Drake and Bruce Willis team. They're, they're pulling out some classics. Mm-hmm. Mm. I remember seeing a while ago, a long time ago, it was a Burt Reynolds film where, where he goes to England. You know, he's an action star, an aging action star, goes to England to take part in a production of King Lear. Mm. Bunch um, of amateurs. Yeah. That's it, bunch of amateurs. And yeah. the film starts with, with like excerpts from his latest quote, blockbuster. Um, people walking out of the cinema at the end. And sort of going, oh my god, he looks so old. You know, why why is he getting to kiss that girl who's like twenty? Yeah, you know, he's like sixty and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, this this is where Bruce is now. He he's way past the point where he's a believable action star. You know, and this film proves it. It is living proof. You know, because he doesn't do any action. The thing it's, is, though, the thing is, yeah, but- is Bruce Willis is not in bad shape. He could do it. I mean, flipping Liam Neeson is cranking him out. He's just had a third one come out on Amazon, Mm. The Marksman. Marksman, And, you know, he could, I mean, these are basically theatrical releases that Amazon's bought to to show on the thing, but they're high quality productions. Mm. And there's no reason, the same as Steven Seagal, if he he made himself in shape or 
Mm. There's no reason these guys couldn't do what Liam Neeson's doing because he's the same age. Yeah. I mean, you know, Josh Brolin, you know, in June recently, he, mm -hmm. he looks amazing still. So, yeah. It, but he, he just, I, I don't know, apathy just, has he discovered the seagull formula of doing the least amount possible to get the same payday? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he definitely yeah. has. He's just, you know, he's he's lost his enthusiasm. He's he's looking for the easy money. Mm. You know, it, it he, he doesn't care about the product, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> he, he's just, you know, he, he's part of that part of that machine of, you know, exploiting himself and, and his and his own, you know, and the goodwill of, of yeah. his audience, unfortunately. Um, and it's it's I mean, how many of these has he made now? I mean, it's been several years oh, yeah. of churning I mean, out. It used, it used to be sort of yeah. reasonably sporadic, didn't it? Um, mm. You know, there's a few he did with. Um, uh, oh, who's the rapper I'm thinking of? Uh, Chris Curtis. Oh, 50 Cent. Yeah, 50, 50 Cent. Cent. Yeah, he did, he did a couple with him. Um, a few years ago, he did Precious Cargo, which is a brilliant mm. film, despite him. Um, it's, it's one we should cover at some point uh, in the throwbacks. You know, proper decent action movie with Bruce Willis. But have you seen the trailer for Deadlock? Uh, which basically looks like a Die Hard ripoff with Bruce Willis as the villain, or Die Hard cross with maybe the um, the Rock because his his villain is kind of like a you know a villain, but he's got like a a reason. Kind of who's, who's the hero in that one? Who's... Uh, Patrick Muldoon is. Um... Oh right. No, not Pat. Is it Patrick Muldoon? Yeah. Yeah, from, from uh, Star Starship Troop Troopers. Troopers. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Which is funny because he's only about thirteen years younger than mm. than Willis, <laughs> so it's not like they've gone that. Oh, we need a young hero because he, he's not young. He's not a yeah. young hero oh, at all. Starship but that's Troopers kind of what... twenty-one years ago, <laughs> twenty-two yeah. years ago now. So. so... But that film is kind of like it does look very diehard if you watch the All if, right. you, if you watch the trailer. Yeah. But yeah, the one of one of many many more mm. <laughs> Bruce Willis movies that are on the cards. Right. Well, let's let's get back to this one. So, mm. scores on the doors, Steve. Um, three. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's dreadful. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Rich. Oh. Um... See, I'm thinking three is a bit harsh, but then I'm trying to think: is it really? <laughs> it's like, can I? I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a four. I I'm going to give it a five. Um, Justify yourself. Yeah, two two reasons. Yeah. One one is Neil McDonough. Uh, I thought he was great in this, for one thing, uh, and two is the fact that I actually watched all of it. You know, without fast forwarding through any bits, it did. It, it, you know, it had entertainment value for the wrong reasons, admittedly. But yeah, it's it's a messy, horrible film. With, Don't with, tell me that you were like literally just glued to the screen, though. You must have been like checking your phone and yeah, stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. But, but <laughs> you know, my finger, my finger kept off the, the uh, you know the fast forward button. But um, but you, why 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 do you ever fast forward a film? <laughs> oh, sometimes if, that, sometimes if you're fast forwarding a film, that's a really bad sign. <laughs> exactly. You know, if, if, so sometimes you're just like, you've told us this information already. Why? You know, just just skip it. I mean, I'm not talking like huge chunks. I'm talking like sort uh -huh. of thirty seconds or a minute. It's, it's just trying my patience. Mm -hmm. But there you go. Mm -hmm. But anyway, 
so yeah, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it a begrudging five out of ten. So quite a is, spread there. It's quite a spread, a three, a four, mm-hmm. and a five. Um, yeah. Whichever way you take it, this isn't good. <laughs> so there you I'm go. I'm sure it will do well in the supermarkets, though. I'm sure it will do well in the supermarkets because it's got Bruce Willis in it. And, and people our age still have a hankering for Bruce. So there you go. Anyway, that's enough of that. Our short shot this week is Sarah. In the near future, a family gets caught up in a robot uprising. Um, this is very short and sweet, Rich. Um, this is very much like uh, it, it's a proof of concept for something much bigger. Yes. Um, but it, it works really well. It just like gets straight to the punch. Um, you know, you, you don't need a lot of um, exposition to sort of catch up with what's going on. Um, thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, Steve, what do you make of it? Yeah, I enjoyed this actually. Uh, I thought it was really well shot. Um, the aesthetic was great. Really nice to see Jason Isaacs in there as well. Mm. So wasn't that expected? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like you say, short, sweet, does exactly what it needs to. Um, just laying the foundations for it, but it's quite intriguing because you don't at the beginning you're wondering what's going on and. You know, it does flesh it out and explains it to you, mm. which some some things don't. But yeah, just I mean, it was it was really good. Really enjoyed this. To be fair, it was um, really it just, well shot. Yeah, re- really well yeah. lit and everything. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rich, a bit more yeah, detail so, from you. No, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so you know, we were saying before about Apex Predator. It's all like shot in the daylight or whatever, and this is like this is atmospheric. It's you know, it's all take, mm. pretty much all taking place at night time. It's all lit. It, you know, the lighting is torches and you know, um, you know, uh, you know, little little lights here and there or whatever, rather than you know, because basically the power's been knocked out. Yeah. And uh, the yeah, the, it isn't until sort of later. I mean, it's only seven, just over seven minutes long. It isn't like until the end where the whole sort of robot uprising sort of reasoning for what is actually happening is 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 revealed and it's initially it's kind of a a thriller setup of you know this domestic situation and you know the the uh, somebody in the house revealed to, you know be to be like um, a nanny kind of character uh, has stabbed uh, the mother of, mm. of the child mm. and so the husband's sort of going out and trying to find help and you know telling the daughter to stay safe and everything and then things gradually gradually revealed and um and we find out who sarah is and you know i thought i thought the performances were all really good you know jason isaacs you know letting lends a lot of weight you know his his being there but mm. it's it's just a high quality production the whole way through i mean very similar to what we saw with um skywatch you know they take yeah. up this kind of proof of concept yeah. film get somebody quite you know get somebody of, of real weight to appear in it uh, and jason isaacs is actually in this a lot more than jude law was in skywatch mm. you know he's got he's got uh, um, several scenes uh and yeah I, it, it's it's barely scraping the surface but it is quite satisfying as as like a as like a little teaser uh film i think it is worth seeing you know for you know even though it's a proof of concept there there's enough mm. there to be a, give you a rewarding uh, viewing experience yeah and the music like, as well is very distinctive yeah mm. 
just want to give a shout out to the actress playing Sarah. It's uh, Meredith Adelaide. I thought she was really good in this. Um, it, very, very sort of Westworldy. You know, it's, it's, she, she gave a really good performance. It left it in absolutely no doubt that she, she was an android. You know, yeah. um, you know her, her her expressions and everything. You know, sort of glacial sort of face. Um, yeah, I, I just thought she she really made it for me. It just um, it really sold the idea of this, you know, humanoid android kind kind of um, concept. It absolutely worked. So I mean, the the thing is, watching it and knowing how the the name Sarah was spelt and the way it was being pronounced as Sarah in the film, um, it was obvious to me that she was a robot. You know, even mm. without seeing her, I, 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 I just guessed. You know, okay, with that, that's that's what we were watching. Um, so, yeah. But but the way the film end, you know, um, you know, it's like, oh my god, she's a robot. You know, the the moment, um, I was like, yeah. <laughs> but but there you go. Other than that, I thought that this worked really really well. Any more comments, guys? Uh, no, uh, no. Say, tense, atmospheric. Uh, you know, very well worth seeing. The act, uh, the actress you're t talking about, um, uh, Meredith Adelaide, she's got a very long filmography of of other roles in uh, mm. mainly short films. So I'll definitely mm. be having a look at a bit more of her work. Cool. We don't score the shorts, but we certainly recommend them. And you will find a link to this in the footnotes below. That is Sarah. <laughs> Our DTV throwback this week is Reach Me, also known as Collection. When a self-help book called Reach Me goes viral thanks to exposure by a rapper, the book and the search for its reclusive author ends up touching the lives of a number of individuals, entwining their fates. Now, <laughs> we were struggling to think of a film to cover this week in our DTV throwback section. And then, Rich, you threw this at us. And when I read the synopsis, I just inwardly groaned. I thought, oh, God, this sounds dreadful. And it wasn't, it was only the cast list that sort of got me to look at this up. So, I mean, the cast list is insane for this film. It absolutely is. Mm. Um, you know, it is ridiculous. And you know, I kind of felt the same, which is why I've ne not watched it until now, because I was just like, oh, I don't really fancy this it film. Yeah. yeah. But having, you know, even from its opening shot, which, which is a nice sort of swooping skyline at night shot, I thought, oh, that's a bit different, you know. And the, the, the actual direction and, you know, everything else, the acting in this is really good you know whether or not i've got any misgivings about the script um which i, which I don't really other than that you know it's the the, the self-help bit doesn't really sort of come into it too much um it's more about these sort of weird characters and how their lives sort of intertwine as a result of coming mm. in contact with it which was which was yeah, I, I actually really, I really enjoyed this, you know, from start to finish. And, and it did help having all these superb actors, you know, filling in just about every role. Um, it was insane watching this at times. Um, and bizarrely, Sylvester Stallone 
gives one of his best performances in this. You know, his best non-action performances. Um, he's great, although I want to talk a bit later about his final scene. Um, but I thought his acting, the way he's barking these, you know, orders and tirades at his staff, I thought was absolutely superb. He, he was really, really good. Um, and, and Thomas Jane just looked cool as shit in this. <laughs> I don't think he's looked any cooler than he does in this film. It's, it's, he is know, pretty cool. He is really, <laughs> really cool. I mean, he's, you know, he's just been a sheriff, isn't he? Really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is. It's exactly what he is. But um, yeah, thoroughly. I, I, this was a real surprise. So, Steve, um, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I didn't like it as much as you, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, it's I don't, bit... I'm not surprised. No, I mean, don't get me wrong, the cast is great, but it's just the actual story it's trying to tell. It's just a bit wishy-washy for me. It didn't, didn't grab me that much. Um, I thought the performances were great. Um, like you say, Stallone, I thought, was, was excellent. It's you know, one of the best things I've seen him do um, for a long while. But it was just, it's just a little bit trite and a bit boring for me, really. It just didn't, didn't connect with me at all in that, in that kind of sense. But mm -hmm. I can see where he's going. It kind of reminded me of like, you know, when around, well, when was it, about 94, was it? Oh, no, 2014, so I'm way out of there. <laughs> but, you, you know, it kind of reminded me like when, like two days in the valley came out and things like mm. that, and you know, all we've all got to be connecting and we're well, all funny being enough, together. Yeah, funny enough, know. it's the same director, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, it's the same director. Two days. Ah, in the I valley. didn't realize that. Yeah, it's, but you're right. It's that sort of shaggy no, dog right. story kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's not just not for me, really. I, I was, I must admit, I was a bit worried this was going to turn into like one of those films, like The Holiday, or or Valentine's, mm. you know, there was this really horrible sort of saccharine sort of ensemble cast kind of films that came out a few years hey, ago. I love yeah. The Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not The Holiday. There was, there was one called Valentine's or something else, you know. Like New Year's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah all that sort of, you know, that, yeah. that sort of stuff. Uh, and I was, I was a bit worried it's going to be a bit like that, but I don't, I don't think it was. Um, but, yeah, so, Rich, just have your initial thoughts on this. Yeah, it's funny that... Um... Steve should bring up Two Days in the Valley, completely not realising that it was the <laughs> yeah. same writer-director. Um, yeah, that was the film. That, this is uh, John Hertzfield. This, that was the film that kind of put him on the map. That was kind of his big... He'd done loads of other stuff before, mm. but that was kind of his big mm. movie at the time. And then that led to him doing a film called 15 Minutes with Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro yeah. and Ed Burns, yeah, yeah. which I think yeah. was probably... And Kelsey Grammer, his... I think, wasn't Kelsey yes, Grammer? Yes, I think Kelsey yeah. Grammer yeah, was yeah, but that was kind of the peak. And he, he didn't direct a huge amount after that. He did a film called Bobby Z with Paul Walker, which was mm. which um, missed out on cinema and 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 a couple of other things. But he, he didn't really hadn't really directed much. So this he he he's an old friend of Stallone's, and I guess he'd got this project going. And mm. so he got Stallone involved and you know a whole bunch of other people who he he either knew or worked with before or something. So oh, managed to pull. Well, yeah, pulled together this amazing <laughs> ensemble mm. cast. I mean, we haven't really gone through it yet, but no, the no. Um, uh, this is a <clears throat> this is a millennium millennium entertainment as it's now mm. called, but millennium films kind of production. So um, we've got we've got Stallone and uh, his Expendables pal Terry Crews is in there. Yep. Um, we've also got you know 
uh, Ryan Quanton, uh, Danny Aiello, Tom Berenger, Danny Trejo, uh, Thomas Jane, you've mentioned, Kelsey Grammer, also from Expendables uh, yep. 3. Uh, and Kira Sedgwick. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, Tom, the list goes Tom on and on. Sizemore. Tom Nelly. Sizemore, yeah, of course. And uh, I don't Warren know, did Cohen. I mean, now I don't know, if, did I mention Carrie Elways? No, so yeah. so Carrie Elways unrecognizable in this. Well, he doesn't because Carrie Elways almost always plays Americans, yeah, he rarely plays Englishmen, being mm. although he is English himself. Mm. Um, there's a few films he's turned up doing various English accents, uh, mm. one of which I think was obviously Princess Bride, one of for probably his most famous film. Mm. Um, but also mm. he did a, I don't know if you ever saw it, there was a film called American Crime, yeah, uh, with uh, which was another kind of ensemble kind of thing where he was like a Yorkshireman or something in that. Mm. Uh, and in this one, he's a Cockney. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, th so there's some weird tonal shifts in this film and that kind of is exemplified by the Kerry Elways scene, mm. you know, the mm. main Kerry Elways scene, which, which flips on a dime, like from being sort of lightweight comedy to like right really sort really of horribly gross rapey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah horribly rapey kind of scene so it's a bit I'm, uh, I'm not quite sure on that side of things but in terms of the cast and the characters and the plot there are certain storylines i prefer more than others obviously it's one of those films where they all coalesce you know mm. they all meet at the other uh, or they intersect i mean at one point uh, two of the storylines do actually literally literally smash into literally each smash into each <laughs> <Yeah>. other <laughs> um and uh, yeah, I, li I, li I liked um, say Thomas Jane's sort of cartoony kind of character. Uh, always going, <laughs> he keeps killing people, going to see his priest. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's so I mean, there is stuff that is just kind of there, and it doesn't really go anywhere. Tom Berenger's quite good, uh, and and see, one of the one of the things that I'm not sure about is. It's a film about this self-help book, which has changed loads of people's lives or whatever, and they keep quoting it. And this is all stuff that, that you know, John Hertzfield will have put into the script himself. Mm. So it's kind of one of those almost like M. Night shyamalan kind of things of, mm -hmm. you know, is this a film about him sort of presenting his own ideas of self-help and what, the what is great and saying... Yeah, yeah and, <laughs> and him saying this is a... You know, him saying this is... Because the film is presenting this as the answers you know mm. this is serious yeah, like yeah, this, the answers, the answers to, yeah. to 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 sort wasn't your life like, out wasn't the stuff. simpsons wasn't like the simpsons version, oh, what the answer, the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think yeah. It probably was yeah. and it's kind of that where because because it's so you know it's it's not shied away from it's not like they say oh there's this book they actually start you know quoting from it and you know mm. talking about it and it's like well so you have to be able to buy in to that as being like a really great mm. concept and stuff. So, and I wasn't quite, I wasn't really buying that. So mm. I think that probably took the edge off slightly, but in terms of, I mean, Kevin Connolly's also in there. He's from, he's mostly, he's probably best known from Entourage playing a very similar yeah. character here. He also yeah. directed Gotti mm. with um, John, Travolta. Uh, John Travolta and stuff. Mm. But I think the Kira Sedgwick storyline's really good. Yes. Sylvester yeah. Sloan kind yeah. of pops in mm. and pops out again. Um, no. But he he made even an impression, and we've also got Frank Stallone in a cameo, which is yeah. nice. I want to talk about Stallone's character mm -hmm. because he's a catalyst for a lot of what happens. You know, um, yeah. when, when when this this rapper called was it called Extreme or something or Eruption Eruption that's it. 
you know, he's sort of saying that this book was what sort of saved him from prison and things like this. And that's sort of, you know, it gets caught up in the cyclist. And Stallone's character is this sort of like mover and shaker, guy, you know, the guy behind the guy kind of, kind of thing. And he sets his one of his minions off to sort of try and expose this guy to sort of see if he's a fraud or not. Because he's, he's he runs this like news website, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and, like um, gliders more. Yeah. And, you know, he's seen as this sort of very much a, a sort of devil kind of character for a lot of it. You know, he's mm-hmm. sort of, oh, you've got to just drive through everything, drive through, you know, he'd spare the horse, don't spare the horses. And, you know, if so, you knock somebody out of the way, then who cares? You know, get to where you need to be. And then at the end, he actually helps out sort of, the, you know, Tom Berenger's character. He gives him a bit of advice on sort of how to deal with the crowd because he's agoraphobic. Uh, and uh, I, I thought that was weird i thought well you've just fired the guy for not doing what you wanted and now you're not yeah, doing but, what you wanted either yeah but the firing him it's like yeah exactly it's like, it's like, you, so yeah, you, you can go right you know but what yeah giving him a kick know. up the bum sort of thing isn't he you know give, yeah. him, give him the kick that he needs to, yeah. to get him started yeah but they kind of do this whole he's the bad guy but actually that's if you think good. about it he's not you know look yeah. at look at what he's actually done there kind of thing yeah. they try to be quite clever about it yeah so but you, it's, you're... It's, it's probably the one grain of sand that's sort of on the side of good for him you know everything else it's interesting side note the cover of the book that, that yeah. appears in the movie apparently stallone painted that cover interesting that's specifically mentioned yeah. in the credits yeah. Because he and uh, he and um, I, I probably mentioned it earlier, but he and Hertzfield go way back. They were like, hmm. I think they were like in college together. They made a short film and they've known each other for donkey's years. And then Stallone brought him in to do um, the third Escape Plan movie. Yeah. After mm-hmm. the second one, you know, after he was very disappointed with the second one, he said, "I want somebody I can trust at the head of the uh, at the head of the next one." So he, mm-hmm. I guess they had a good because ex- they hadn't really worked together much before. I guess he'd yeah. enjoyed working on this, and there's actually a because Stallone's got that Rocky versus Drago um, uh, re-edit of um, Rocky Four coming right. out, yeah, yeah. and yeah. there's a there's a making of YouTube like a an hour and a half YouTube documentary shot on an iPhone um, right. about the making of it, and John Hertzfield directed that. He's like carrying, he's the one carrying the phone and talking to hmm. talking to Stallone there. So they're clearly very tight, um, yeah. and. Yeah, so I think the the thing about this film is that it, I don't know if it's modern filmmaking styles or whatever, but it's got kind of a particular, if you compare this to um, Shade, for example, and Stallone mm. in Shade, yeah, how mm. it looks very different. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it looks like it's made for TV, but, you know, it's the quality. It doesn't feel very cinematic mm. in the same, yeah. you know, Shade had a real... You know, it was low budget, but it had a real style to it and stuff. And I don't know if that's just the way filmmaking has changed or or, yeah. or what. I don't know. It just fe- it just felt like a, a very different kind of uh, thing. The same, a bit more like a maybe like a TV seriesy kind of feel to it than mm. uh, than yeah. a movie movie. Now we've mm. we, we've rattled off a lot of names um, mm. of people who are in this. There's one name we didn't mention, but we've talked about already on this particular episode, and that is, of course, Kelsey Grammer. Mm. He only yeah. gets one scene, but it's it's a brilliant scene. He, he, he you know, because we've had um, you know Tom Sizemore as this sort of heavy, you know, um, gang boss kind of thing, sort of sending his guys out to. Was it kidnap a girl and kill a dog and 
you know, all this sort of stuff. I, I love the fact that she was called Denise Denise as well. That that made me laugh. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, and you think, yeah, he, he's he's the you know he's the main bad guy sort of thing. And then Kelsey Grammer turns up, and it's like, no, he's Darth Vader, and that's the Emperor sort mm -hmm. of thing. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and he gives this brilliant speech. You know, there's a monologue. And sort of slaps them around and stuff. It, it was, um, yeah, it's a proper it, it browbeat scene. It was, and and yeah. it, it left you in absolutely no doubt. Yeah, he's the man. You know, he's he's the man, and this guy, you know, he wants to be the man, but he's not. Um, and and he's that the he, I like to think he's the same character from Money Plane. <laughs> <laughs> he might as well be. He might as well be. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I, I thought he was brilliant in it. I mean, yeah, you know, the cast was great. Ryan Quanton playing this. Um, was it a stuntman with um, Tourette's? Um, See, I, I, I wanted to ask you about that scene. It was a Do bit you think strange. that scene worked? It was, it was a bit weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It, but um, it was a one scene and done sort of thing. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go back to the well on that one. But um, yeah, it was, it was just a bit strange. Yeah, but I thought he pulled it off, you know. It's sort of this, this trying to sort of obviously not swear, <laughs> trying try to keep it under control. That was pretty cool. Um, Terry Crews was a bit weird in this because um, you know, we're watching Brooklyn Nine Nine at the moment, mm -hmm. on, um, mm. and uh, yeah, very different sort of character in that. But well, he's very much a straight man in this, isn't he? He's, not, he's, he's yeah. a straight man, but yeah. he's also you know a little bit of a sleaze, isn't he? he when he gets in the camera, going, "Oh yeah, he's he's based the whole book on me," sort of thing. It's like, fuck <laughs> off, yeah, because because yeah. you know he's he's ninety nine percent sure he's going to get no no um, pushback from from the author on that because he's a you know a recluse. But there you go. Mm -hmm. So this this was a big surprise for us. You can find it. Um, it, it's on Prime, but it's also on a YouTube channel, Rich, isn't it? Um, yeah, cool. it's it called was, the Midnight Screening, uh, the yeah. Midnight Screening channel. They've got, they mean, if you go on YouTube, there's tons of AVOD or yeah. ad video on demand service channels where you can yeah. watch legitimate uploads of you know various movies. I mean, yeah. stuff you'd also find on things like Pluto, for example, or Plex. Mm. And uh, yeah, this one was on the Midnight Screening. They've got quite a big catalog, new stuff coming up all the time. Um, uh, I, this one, this one's uh, spotted on there. Uh, I've been wanting to see it for quite a while because of the, the Sylvester Sloan factor. Mm. So it was quite interesting to. I was I was glad to finally have the chance to check it out, and uh, you know yeah. I didn't have to be subscribed to Prime to do it. Indeed, I I, I must admit I had never heard of this film at all. You know, and it's got two of my favorite yeah. two of my favorite actors in it. Well, three of my favorite actors in it. You know, so Ryan Quantin, Stallone, Thomas Jane. You know, it's it's bizarre that that this one flew totally under the radar. Um, we don't score the um, we don't score the throwbacks, but we do recommend you check them out. And we've just told you on the Midnight Screening Channel on the YouTube or on Prime. Uh, take your pick. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly worth checking out, um, if only for the cast and what they're up to in this one. And that is the end of this week's episode. So thanks to Rich and Steve for joining me tonight. No problem. Always a pleasure. Yeah, a nice, interesting mix of films this week. Don't forget to check out our Facebook and Twitter pages at the DTV Digest and also our sister show, The Short Shots, uh, where me and Rich uh, take an, an exclusive look uh, some short films. Uh, so thank you for listening and tune in next time.
Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.